This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG Cast. everybody welcome back to another board game edition of the mfg cast we have a little bit of a uh vacation there just to kind of catch up on some stuff and just kind of uh i don't know get through life <laughs> well you were looking at me and i did not even know what you were gonna say there yeah uh, sorry i don't think i even knew what i was gonna say I, it sounded kind of like you didn't know what you were mm-hmm. gonna say that's true but we are back for another edition here we are going to be reviewing Karak, Karak, gosh, even as we were record, are gonna record here, we couldn't figure out how to pronounce the darn thing. We have other, we have a bunch of other people saying this and that, but we actually found Thames and Cosmos had their little 30 second deal on how to say it. It's Karak. I just see personally. now I, now I'm questioning it. <laughs> That's okay. Tomato, tomato. It's just okay. It's how people say things. Say things. I can't even say things. <laughs> That's how Kurt can't say anything. That's no, I'm right. just kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Thank you to Thames and Cosmos for giving us a review copy so we could talk to y'all about it. Um, do we want to talk about anything before we record? Or before we record? Before we <laughs> do a review on Karak? Anything you want to focus on? No, I no? think we should get right into Let's it. Let's get right to it. All right. Unless you wanted to talk no, about something No, that's else. okay. We can we can save it for next time. Okay. All right. And he just winked at me. <laughs> so this game is designed by Peter Mexica, Mex, Mixa and Roman Haldick. Boy, yeah, I know. I ruined it. <laughs> Tracy's trying not to, trying not to uh, lose her poop by me saying this stuff really terribly. Uh, Roman also did the, il- the illustration for this, nice. which is cool. Um, it plays two to five players. It's, it's ages seven and up. Yeah. So how do we play? Hmm. Oh, you missed. Uh, I think it plays around oh. 45 minutes 45 or so. 45 minutes and up, I think they say. Yeah. That's probably around the amount of time it took us to play it. But we had to learn it, too. I feel like once yeah. people yeah, kind of yeah, get yeah. into it, it's less. But, yeah. You got it. So how are we playing, Karak? Well, let's tell them a little bit about the little back story of it first like what type of game is it kurt it is a tile laying game it's a fantasy adventure game where you are trying to defeat the monsters and ultimately defeat the dragon meanwhile collecting valuable treasure for victory points for the win yep they describe it as an adventurous role-playing game yes i would say and correct me if i'm wrong kurt that I would say it's a role-playing, tile-laying game. I would have going to add even more words in there. <laughs> for Because they say seven and up. I would say in that span of maybe 
seven-ish to ten-ish. Mm-hmm. Kind of those, um, that age group maybe getting into board games, liking that um, fantasy type element to games, liking the combat without like hurting someone. Yeah. <laughs> like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Well, and and don't and don't get it twisted either. Even though they call this a role playing board game. Like, it has fantasy element elements to it. You are playing certain beings like a wizard or a warrior or stuff like that, but you're not actually doing, like, RPG role-playing. It's more of a board game-ish role-playing where you're rolling dice, moving, defeating monsters, collecting treasure, and then ultimately beating the dragon and uh, seeing who wins the game there. Yeah, you're, you're assigned a character card, basically, or a character that... Um, you can use as you're playing. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Um, also, it it's not that it isn't for, for others that are older or different age groups, but as we were playing it and as we'll talk about the review, you may pick out elements that you find that, oh yeah, that would be good for for someone in this age bracket or, you know, whatnot. So with that being said, so let's get into it and let's talk about how the game is set up. Okay. So you have a bunch of these dungeon tiles. You're going to take all the dungeon tiles besides your starting tile that has a healing fountain. You're going to put that uh, starting tile in the middle of the table. You're going to shuffle all of those dungeon tiles and you're going to make them into like three equal stacks and just kind of set them off to the side of the board so you guys can, with easy reach of all the players, so you can reach them and grab them and put them on the table to set up your dungeon as you go. Make sure you shuffle them. Well, the best that you can. Being able to shovel tiles, what are they, like two by two, mm-hmm. kind of? Like Those that. are kind of hard, so be creative on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. then, yeah, stack them like Kurt yep. said. You've got a bunch of tiles that you're going to be putting in your bag. It's got, like, your monsters and your treasure and um, stuff like that. You're going to throw those into the bag. You're also going to give every player their kind of their own like playing board. They're going to get five uh, heart tokens on the other side or damage markers. You're also everyone's going to be able to either pick or draw randomly their characters, you know, wizards or warlocks and that kind of thing. You're going to be uh, getting your character uh, pawn basically. You're going to put that at the starting tile. They call them hero figures. Hero figures. And then you're gonna, you know, get your dice and your um, curse token, and you're gonna put those off to the side to get ready for the game. Awesome. So, and get in starting this game. Basically, everyone is on that starting healing fountain tile, and what you're gonna be doing is, when it's your turn, you're going to be deciding first which direction you're going to go so depending upon the dragon or the dungeon tile that you have you're going to pick a direction so some of them have four ways to go so you can pick which of the four ways you're going to go beforehand some have two you're going to do it that way and you're going to uh, draw one of the tiles and put it in the direction that you're going to go Uh, depending upon what the tile is that you draw that's it kind of depends upon how your uh, character can move. So, like, when the players get to take their turn, you're actually doing up to four moves if you can get to them without having to have certain things that are happening throughout the game, and we'll kind of talk about that. 
So you draw the tile, you put it there, and there's different tiles. So there's one, there's one that's called a tunnel tile. So it's only going to have tunnels in it. So it's either going to be the one that has four or the one that has two without anything in the middle of it that's special. And if you get those and put those on the board, you can keep going as long as you have moves left. Another thing you can do is you can turn over a room. These ones actually like look like a big box in the middle of the dungeon tile. And what's going to happen is when you put those down, you're going to be drawing certain tiles to put on there. Um, and it all kind of depends what it is. So what are some of the tiles that you could put on there? If you draw like a treasure chest, then um, you place that in there. If you have a key, which we'll talk about later, it would open the chest. If you don't have a key, the treasure chest stays there. And the opportunity for one of the other players to to um, collect the treasure, which because you want to collect treasures throughout the game. Yeah, or you could come back to it eventually. You could, yourself. yep, yep. So if you draw a monster out of the bag, then you have to fight them. And how you fight them is they have a certain value on the token that you have to either, well, you want to beat it, yes. but you can also tie it, mm -hmm. um, but you can also lose. Mm -hmm. So if you beat it, then of course, you flip over that tile that's on the backside of that monster and you get whatever reward is on the backside of that um, as long as you can collect it. Mm -hmm. If you've maxed out on your rewards because your board only can have a certain, can only capture a certain number of treasures and rewards, then you have to decide what you want to get rid of. If you tie, then everything basically remains stagnant yeah it says like no one got hurt but you kind of you still get a negative where you have to move back to where you were yeah. originally when you when you before the fight yeah but and then your turn is done so like <laughs> um and then the other one is if you lose then you actually don't you go back you go back to you the spot where go back you to were. the spot also the monster stays in that room so you have the opportunity to go back in that room to fight them again later to try to get whatever's on the backside of their, their token, or you can go a different way the next time. Yep, but you also get hurt for one yep. uh, hit point, so you have to take one of your heart tokens, flip it to the, uh, the opposite side where it's got the skull, and you have suffered one damage. Yes. So those are the options when you enter a room. Oh, also, if and when you would encounter a monster, even if you haven't had all four of your turns yet, because it says we have four turns or four moves per person, once you hit a monster, not legitimately hit them, but once you encounter a monster, your turn is complete. Yep. Even if you've only gone to your second move or something. So you've gone through a tunnel and then your next one's a room and then you f uh, take a tile out of the bag and it is a monster and you try to fight them. Your, turn's your turn is done no matter whether you fought them and beat them, lost, or tied. Mm -hmm. Unless you have a specific character that tells you 
otherwise. Yep, for sure. And another thing also is if you're in that room and you collect that treasure, you also have to end your turn after you've collected that treasure. Yes, thank you. Yep. Another tile that you can get is called a teleport... Teleport... That's hard to say. Another tile that you can get is a teleportation gate. And that's why they call it a TG. (laughs) They do. They do. Because it's very hard to say. And it's long to put in the instructions. It's true. (laughs) So if originally, if you put one of those gates out, you technically can't use it because there's no other gate to come out of. So you, you wouldn't be able to use it that way. Eventually, as you're turning over tiles, if another one comes out there, you're gonna be able to use that teleportation gate and um, uh, go from one spot on the board there to another. And once you actually have used that teleportation gate, doesn't matter how many moves you've made, you actually have to end your turn there. Yes, but it's nice. It's like a shortcut, so very nice. And then the last um, type of tile that you could flip over would be a healing fountain. And that actually is one that is indicated with a heart symbol on it and when you go to this tile and you stay there finish there you actually can flip back all of those hp that you had to flip over if you lost to a monster or something of that sort and you flip them back over and they heal all of your hp back up and your turn's done Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so let's talk about some of the treasures and spells that you can get during the game as you're exploring these dungeon tiles. All right, so let's talk about the equipment that you can get during the game. So like we talked about, so when it comes to weapons, there are certain weapons you can get. So you can get daggers, you can get swords, and you can get axes. And those have a specific value to add on to your dice to defeat certain monsters. So we didn't really talk about Oh, how you defeat them. How we defeat the monsters. This yeah. is a good time to talk about well, that. Well, that'll be great because now the two will coincide together. Exactly. See, we did it on purpose. We, we did. But now we just told them that we didn't do it on <laughs> I purpose. I mean, you did. I was totally prepared. Oh, so. shush. <laughs> so during the game, what you're going to be doing is when you get these weapons, they'll be giving you a certain amount more that you can do as far as your attack goes. But as far as your attack roll goes, you have two dice that you use. You'll actually roll those dice. You will. They're two two six sided dice. Two six sided dice. Thank you. Yeah, that's important. Yes, very important. And you will take the equipment that you have, and you're going to add that to your roll to hopefully defeating those monsters. So, like the daggers will give you one extra point of damage. The swords will give you two extra points, and the axes will give you three. Um, I think you only get, how many spots do you get? I think you get three spots, no, two, two spots. Yep, two spots for weapons, So and you are interchangeable. So if you get to a certain point and you get a better weapon that you want to switch out with one of your other ones, you can do so. And that often happens. Yes. Yeah, and you have to, you're going to have to do that because getting these better weapons is going to be beneficial to trying to beat the dragon at the end. Yes. Okay. Yep. Or if you roll really crappy, like we consistently did. Yes, correct. Like, we couldn't beat people. Yes, that's Or true. not people. We couldn't beat monsters. Mm-hmm. We don't beat people. No, no. Rude. So there are also spells that you can acquire when you defeat certain monsters. So when you defeat them, you flip them over and you find out, ta-da, 
I collected these spells or this spell or this special thing. There are magic flames and there are portals of healing. So as you can imagine, a portal of healing would be a portal of healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know. I was just, I was but, just being but silly. W- w- what entails when you get that and you use that spell, what do you do with it? Um, it can be used during your turn. So this one's kind of cool because you can use it yourself or you can actually use it for somebody else. And at first I thought, why would you want to give this one to somebody else? But it actually moves their character or their player to a spot with a healing fountain. So let's say they're really close to someplace you want to go. Like you want to acquire a key or something like that or a key to get the next treasure chest or something like that. You can help them. I'm using air quotes that you can't see. You can help them by moving them to healing fountain a more away from something that you want to do, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of nice and devious. Yes. Or you can use it for yourself to heal. So... The thing with using this one, then, once you use it, it actually goes away. So it kind of recycles from your board so you have room when you collect another one, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other one, as I indicated, is a Magic Flames. And it's basically like a flame, flame. It's basically a sword that looks like it's on fire. And that one actually adds a plus one to when you're defeating a monster that's called a mummy. Mm -hmm. So it adds, because mummies, I think, are more points to defeat, a little bit more challenging, so this adds a little more bang for your buck Mm -hmm. when defeating it. So once you utilize this one, this one goes away. With spells on your player board, I believe there are two slots to hold these. So you could hold two magic flames on there, or two heal a portal of healings or one of each but once you utilize those they go away and you can uh, work on collecting more to replace them that's right um and then there's one more type of equipment if you want to talk about that sure there is a key and treasure so depending upon which monsters you defeat they will drop a key or drop some treasure the treasure actually stays closed until you actually have a key there's one spot on your player board for a key and um, you can use that to open up a treasure chest. And once you do that, you actually have to get rid of the key. So there's going to be a bunch of different keys, a bunch of different treasure chests, and you're going to need one key for each to open those. And remember, once you open up a chest and receive it, you will actually end your turn there. But what that means is the treasure chest goes by your player board. It doesn't go on your player board. And you get a victory point for each treasure chest that you get during the game. Yep, and they don't block any sort of inventory stash on your board so that it doesn't stop you from collecting any sort of spells, any sort of weapons, any keys, any of that, because that is just like an end game type of pointage. Pointage is not a word, but I'm going to say it. Sounds good. Cool. Well, one thing we didn't address is I know we alluded to it at the beginning of the I was going to say interview. <laughs> the beginning of the episode is the, is it Karak? Karak. See? 
I always, I have a 50-50 chance and I mess it up every time. There is a token that is um, called the Curse of Karak. Karak, I almost did it again. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Okay. Um, because I often used it on you. So <laughs> I'll let you talk about it because you're very familiar with it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So during the game, you're going to be fighting. You're going to be fighting mummies, and like we talked about, you can use the magic flames to beat them. But what actually is the sucky part of it is that if you defeat a mummy, a mummy, <laughs> what's a mummy? <laughs> I don't know what that is, and I don't want to venture a guess. It sounds like a a bumpy mummy. A bumpy mummy. A mummy. Yeah. Uh, even worse. Doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. See, this is role playing. Okay. So, like a RPG game that's a that's new right. character, a mumpy. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, um, <laughs> good lord. Now I'm sidetracked. Once you <laughs> defeat a mummy, you're going to get the curse of Karak. Once a player defeats a mummy, they actually take the curse and put it on any other player as the curse, which I think is kind of interesting. You think if you defeated the mummy, you think you would get the curse, but it's like apparently Well, they're all powerful, so they can they can push the curse on somebody else. Yeah. That's kind of the way I look yeah, at it. It's interesting. But because there's only one curse, you're that person is the only one who can have a curse at that time. Yep. So until somebody else beats a mummy, can that curse be moved? That is incorrect, ma'am. What? Yes. What it is, is once the character goes to... The curse can also be passed on when another mummy is defeated. Oh, but also a curse can be lifted from a player if they go to a healing, healing fountain. fountain. Yes, yes. So see, we he was right. trying to say I was wrong. <laughs> we were both right. Yeah, we were. That's right. Man, you made me nervous. I'm, I'm like, so I'm sorry. pretty I'll, certain I apo- got it. Apologies, everyone, including you, Tracy. <sighs> I got some facts straight. I might not be able to always have the correct pronunciation for the game. That's right. But I got I got that right. You did good. So we both have alluded to these characters or these heroes. Should we just talk about, give a, a couple examples of them? We don't have to talk about each of them. Yeah, I think so. But maybe talk about a couple of them and what type of benefits they provide? Yeah. Okay. How about I talk about one? And then you talk about one. I think that's a raw deal, but okay. I guess I'll take it. Yeah, you better. So I'm going to pick a character that I can maybe pronounce. I'm just not in the the pronunciation game. I'm going to pick, would you call him Haran? Haran. Huron? Horan? Horan? Yeah, Horan the warrior. Yeah, well, I can pronounce the warrior. <laughs> you just asked me. Anyway, their skills are double attack. The warrior is skilled at combat. In any combat, he can re-roll the dice if the first roll is not to his liking. He does not lose a HP in his first loss or in the first loss. However, he must accept the second roll's result. So that adds a little bit of a fun factor. So reincarnation. If the warrior loses his last HP, he does not fall unconscious like the other weaklings. Instead, he may teleport to any tile with HF, which is that healing fountain, where all his HPs are replenished. However, his turn ends anyway. So 
you're probably like, what is she talking about? We just talked about how he does not fall unconscious. If that ever happens, you don't ever lose the game, which is nice. Yep. Um, Never happened to us when we played. I don't think. Neither one of us fell unconscious, did we? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. No. So what does that mean? Yes. That means that if you lose your last hit point, you're basically resting. So um, if it happens, you miss your next turn while you're healing. Um, One hit point. So you're basically flipping that token that had the skull on the one side and flipping it back over to the heart um, so that you can play again. So it's best for you on your next turn probably to move to a healing fountain so that you can heal up the rest of your HP to the max. Or make your way there if you're too far away. Yep. But it, it basically makes you lose a turn so that you can come back. So it's like they knock. You just got knocked out. Yeah, yeah. And, like, real role-playing, like, they have a thing where you are knocked out, but you're not actually out of the game. Okay. We sidetracked a little bit, but that was Horan the Warrior. Now that we've pronounced his name five different ways. hmm Who do you want to talk about? Oh, my gosh. Who can I talk about? Um, I think I actually played a character that I really enjoyed. Oh, actually, it wasn't who I played. It was who you played one time. It's uh, Victorious the Swordsman. He has a thing called combat training. That means that his strikes are always precise. So when you roll a one, you can actually re-roll it. No matter how many times that one comes up, you can re-roll it to get a different result. But it's only that one die. Correct. If you roll two ones, you could roll both of them to get a different result. But anytime a one rolls up on that die, you can re-roll it. And believe me, you, in that game, I rolled a lot of ones. Which were not good, necessarily, for me. His other ability was also very awesome. Yep. Where if at least one of your dice yields a six during combat, that you can actually continue your turn afterwards. So, like, even if you haven't finished your moves after the fight, so, like, say you made two moves and you fought a monster and you beat them and you had that six, then you could actually continue your two other moves to continue the game. I benefited from that a lot too. You did, you did. That was a really so apparently cool. ones and sixes were my were my jam. That's right. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I just wanted to go through the the bestiary really quick, um, just to go through and talk about the different things you're going to be fighting. And it's funny because I Tracy just gave me a look like. Shouldn't that be bestiary? No, it's bestiary. No, so, I just, I was like, that's how you pronounce it. Yep. I don't know why I'm having a problem with pronunciations today. <laughs> I think we all are. I couldn't even pronounce the people that made this game. So I apologize to We you never all. can, so don't no, let him fool you. Exactly, exactly. So there's different monsters and you get certain things from them once you defeat them. I'll just say them very quick. So you've got rats. After you defeat the rats, you will actually get the, the daggers. If you defeat the Skeleton King, you will get an axe. If you defeat the Skeleton Warrior, you will get a sword. If you 
Tracy's doing sign language to me, like sword. She's twisting. Actually, a sword. I thought you got the key, so I was turning oh. a key. But it did look like I was fighting with a sword. Yeah, actually, the skeleton turn key. Thank will give you, the you. Key. that makes sense. I was turning my key ahead of time. Uh, you fight giant spiders, and you get the uh, magic spells. Because who doesn't want to fight a giant spider? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, you defeat the fallen, and that's another way you can get victory points. They You turn it over, and it gives you a treasure, treasure chest that you don't have to open with a key, and you get a victory point there. You defeat the mummy. The mummy will give you that curse of Karak to put on another player. And then lastly, but not leastly, is the <coughs> dreaded dragon. And that one, uh, we didn't really talk. Everyone's got a certain value, but this one I'd like to talk about. The dragon has a value of 15. And we didn't, we haven't talked about it yet because we didn't talk about how you end the game. Yep, and this is where that comes and in handy. And this is perfect. Perfect. So once you get to the dragon and someone actually defeats that dragon. And before you get to that, how do we get to the dragon though, Kurt? Where is the dragon? <laughs> you really confused me for a second there. I know I did, and that's why I said, where is the dragon? Uh, the dragon is lurking in one of the rooms just like any of the other enemies that you're fighting. So you flip a tile and ta-da! Yep. Actually, he comes out and he tap dances. <laughs> he's he like, He's like, what's up? Yep, I want to beat you. Yep, and he's like, here's my horde. Look at this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said horde, not another word. We're laughing. He's like, this is a kid's game, Tracy. Get your mind out of the gutter. I even snorted on on that little tap dance. And um, you don't necessarily have, like, say you don't defeat the dragon on your first turn. You could literally go back and get other treasures and beat more of the fallen to get more victory points before the win. But once that dragon is defeated, you actually count up the points. Each treasure chest and fallen that you've beaten gives you one victory point, and the dragon itself doesn't have a name. Okay, I just wanted to see if the dragon had a name. I was like, why are you pausing? I for- shall call them Susan. Once you defeat Susan. <laughs> that's why That's why she comes out, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yes, exactly. Once you defeat her or them, you get a point and a half. And then what you do is you, every player... Which is clever. It is clever, because you could win by a half point, which I think... Did we have that? No, we didn't, actually. Nope. I thought it was going to be like that, but it wasn't the times we played. But you count all the points, and then whoever has the most points is the winner. If you're tied, then everyone is a shared No victory. one shares victories boo, in our house. Nope. Boo, boo, boo. Boo, 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 We only like winners. How did we get all crazy? I don't know. We were like real chill and all of a sudden we were like, yes, yes, <laughs> I know, yes. I know. Maybe Not, it was People tap- are like, what is happening? A, maybe it was a tap dance. It must have been Ba-ra-ba-ba-ba-ba. a tap dance. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> that is how you play Karak. Or Karak. Yes. What's um, a Karakin? Yeah, Ooh, so let's terrible. talk about... Terrible. Yeah, so I feel like this is a really good game for kids to be introed into the hobby. It's got, it, do, it doesn't take a lot to learn it. You know, you're just flipping those tiles. Depending upon what you're doing, you're doing certain actions. It's not a lot to it. You're just adding the numbers. And again, I think you could have help with, like, if there's an adult to help, if the kids are having trouble adding. They also, most kids have a phone or somebody knows, somebody that has a phone that has a calculator on it. I don't know why you would need that, especially a, our our recommended 
age, people yeah. know how to well, add. Well, you never know. Not everybody no, has I know, that but, skill. But some do. Yeah. I mean, you weren't, you're not getting into the hundreds. That's true. That or anything true. like that. And even end scoring won't be very high. No, not at all. And so that isn't that isn't bad. It's just remembering those moves of, you know, once you fight a monster or once you lose to a, you know, once you fight a monster, pretty much your turn is done and things like that. And what's nice about the directions is it has like a quick play section so you can just glance at it mm-hmm. and it'll tell you. I love that when they do that in directions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Basic step by step. I think there even is, and what's nice about their summary of rules too, or the real brief, instead of having to page through them all, is they have the description of the movements regarding fighting the monsters, the curses, how the game ends. But then they take that whole one and a half page section more further or more thorough, excuse me, description of the monsters, or not monsters, the heroes, and they break it up into a couple bullet points and put it in the summary of the rules. So you don't have to go back and find the hero and uh, read about them. They have just basic information on them. So they're like, the wizard, it doesn't discard magic flames spells after use, which is really nice. Remember, we had to discard those every time we used them. And can move through walls which of adjacent tiles, which normally, obviously, if you're going through a tunnel, you normally can't go through walls. Well, because it's a wizard, wham, bam, they do what they want, apparently. Mm. So it shows a brief description, so you're not having to page through the rules, which is really nice. And there's an, enough variability between the certain heroes that you can play that... You know, you can do certain things. You know, one of them has one thing that's real special to them. Another one has something that's very special to them as well. And it kind of keeps it, it keeps it fresh instead of having just like, oh, this person, you know, these people only have so many things that they can do and that's it. Right. So. Right. So even if our recommendation is for maybe that intro or younger crowd, doesn't mean that it, it wouldn't be game that would wouldn't be desired for somebody of i don't want to say an older caliber mm-hmm. but yeah it kind of is yeah or maybe a hobby game or two oh, yeah um i think the only thing that we maybe are a little bit more hesitant on is because we we like to play a little bit more of a deep dive game mm-hmm. and we need a little bit more meat and potatoes mm-hmm. in the game it isn't a bad game it's a great game. The art is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But I think that that age group or uh, somebody who's kind of just getting into it and that type of thing will really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a nice, quick game that people can just pick up, play, you know, be done with it. You know, they the box says 45 minutes or whatever. I, I think once you even get used to it, I think you could even play less than that, depending upon player interaction and stuff like that. Well, so. I think it also depends on how the tiles are shuffled. Yep. Because it it is all based on when the dragon comes out. So the dragon could come out right away. But also, but that necessarily doesn't mean it either because it's when you defeat the dragon. So it if is. you don't, if you let the dragon just kind of chill. That's then... true. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Good so, point. So yeah. So that's Karak in a nutshell. 
hopefully if this is something that you're really interested, uh, go to Thames and Cosmos website, go to your local game store, pick up a copy today. And thank you to Thames and Cosmos for letting us check this out. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we have uh, a bunch of different uh, reviews on the docket coming up here. I know we've got uh, some weird draft games coming up. We've got big bad ideas coming up. So look out for them when we see you next time. And until then, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.